Merson has scored it. Arsenal legend Paul Merson, John O'Shea and Wes Brown are coming to Dublin. It's an exclusive off-air event, so if you want to be there, get on to offtheball.com forward slash events. Just eat the official food delivery partner of the UEFA Champions League. OTB GAA. The Football Pod on Off The Ball. In partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Hello there and you're very welcome along to episode 15 of the Football Pod. It's a busy week ahead for the Football Pod lads. We had a very busy weekend too. It's safe to say that the Football Pod took over. We had Paddy Andrews making his GA Go debut. And James O'Donoghue appearing on the Saturday game. What? Jimmy, what's the story? <laughs> this never went through your agent. Appearing on. I, I thought it wasn't an appearance. That was a two-second cameo. 20 seconds. I met Martin Tone. He was just he was just getting on to the horse and cart, so he said, James, we do a quick bit for me there. <laughs> it looked very informal, like you were just coming out of the shop for something or Marty Carnage. I was coming out of the pub. I was, I was after four points. <laughs> <laughs> You were thrown out of the pub and Marty was trying to get you back in. <laughs> Top class. He's I thought it looked great. What a I man. actually never knew how much of a celebrity Marty is. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's the big. Amount to, of big women coming over, selfies holding the microphone, fellas coming over wanting a chat. Reckless. Oh, he's, he's a phenomenal. Show so popular. He's yeah. showbiz. Yeah. He is showbiz. He even oh. said that a few times. <laughs> Showbiz, Showbiz I wouldn't baby. be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. He was doing. <laughs> oh, he's a gas man. We need the to get him at the road show, lads. I said it. Like, get the walk involved. True. Yeah. The walk and talk isn't easy, though, James. You know, you got to concentrate on where you're stepping. You got to look at the mic. You got to look at the camera. You know, you got to look at the man who's talking to you, too. It's it's hard going. How many takes did you Well, I have me? walked and talked at the same time before. I, it wasn't that tricky. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, listen, it was just saying pressure was on the first night of Saturday game. Paddy, GA go. Yourself and Mark and O'Shea, we were at uh, Gronje McElwain in Salt Hill covering the Calvin Armagh game. That happens a lot in TV production and streaming production. Oh, I'm told. I'm not just- as showbiz as Marty, so I didn't know where to be going. But uh, no, it was good. They were, uh, Mark and uh, Michael Murphy's involved as well. So looking forward to uh, to getting involved in that in the summer. Mark's a gas man, isn't he? Oh yeah He is a guest man We might come yeah, back to yeah, Mark yeah. O'Shea in a couple of minutes Good bit of crack Good bit of crack was hard I have to say The game itself wasn't great Which was disappointing because um, I expected a lot more from Cavan I think a lot of people did um, They were poor And the game itself To be fair to our man Back-to-back wins in the Ulster Championship They play down You tipped it a long, 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 long time ago Tommy, that down Tom. would, would surprise Donegal and they did. So Armad, they seem to have put that uh, sluggish league campaign behind them and they got Reno O'Neill back. It was mm. big. We've seen Killian McDade coming back for Galway as well yesterday in the last couple of minutes. So they're massive players for those teams. So Reno yeah, O'Neill as a could, spectacle. He could go back great. in goals. Do you see his save? Some save, wasn't it? Absolutely oh, unbelievable. unbelievable. Out of nowhere, like. He was out of shot. And it's a strong man. hand he gets to it as well because he, he puts it well out of danger. Oh, ah, yeah. the hail. That like. was class. He'll be yeah. back in McGinney's good books now again. <laughs> they had a big hug after the game there. <laughs> uh, it was fair play to them. Put all differences aside. The, the football pod had you covered this weekend. Paddy, you're obviously covering Calvin Armagh. James, you were in Killarney for Kerry and Tipperary. We didn't talk much about it in the build-up to it. I'm for not sure reason. how much we'll talk about it this week. But Kerry are going on to face Clare now in the Munster final on Sunday, May the 7th. I was in the Gaelic grounds for Limerick Clare. 
and I was in the hide for Goliath's come. We'll come back to that in a few minutes. I just want to put it on the record here. It may come out later in the week where this game is going to be played. I think it'd be a good thing for Kerry to play Clare in Ennis. A packed out Ennis for a Munster final. I think... Jimmy's not happy as... already. Look at him. He's disgusted with that. Don't do, don't no, do what I, the I, dubs, I... Don't do what the dubs do and get their games in Crow Park all the time. Make it Sorry, where were Dublin playing yesterday? That's fine. But organise it. Sorry? Where were they playing yesterday? No, was it Nolan Park? No, Port Leash. Anyway, Port move Leash. on. They're anyway, home. you can organise <laughs> All the fixtures are organised. You can't just say, well, actually, Kerry are playing well and it's Clare, so we'll change the venue to put but Clare it's, at it's home. Why would anyone do that? It's a TBC. Yeah, but it's on, it's on the Gaelic Grounds. It's not yet. It's not confirmed. It will be on the Gaelic Grounds. I don't know about that now. But would it not be... But in, like, there's arrangements be between Kerry? all the other counties between home and away every second one. So if that if that was in place, you'd say, brilliant. Man, it would be a great game in Park, will you? Come on. You the, can't just put someone at home for no reason. It'll actually be to Kerry's benefit. Think of it. They're going to be going in now to face a third seed, which is going to be one of Mayo, Roscommon, Tyrone, or probably uh, Derry or an Armagh as a third seed. And they'll be playing them at home. So they're going to be going in undercooked. You can be sure as hell... Claire will give them a better game than Tip. But like, Claire and Ennis is a different prospect than Claire and the Gaelic Grants. It is, it is. And Claire in Ennis, that is a tough game for anyone. Mm. You know, the crowd are on top of the field. It's a beautiful surface. One of the nicest fields in the country, actually. You love it, but, there, um, Yeah, and it would be, it would be a, a great game, but it's hard to change your own fixtures just for this, to say, it oh, we'll make it a little bit it, more difficult for Kerry. That just on the team. That's on the theme of showbiz for this week's pod, if Todd Bowley was making a call on this as yeah. a spectacle, the monster <laughs> final in Ennis would be way better. And, and I think Claire, Claire can get a couple of loan deals as well. They can yeah, take, yeah. Um, one from each province. That's this is this is what we're talking about. This, this is, is dangerous this is entertainment. This is dangerous. But now, in all seriousness, like the it looked class to you. you were there yesterday Hyde Park looked absolutely rammed for that oh, game yesterday 16. savage atmosphere yeah. um, Claire and Kerry in the Gaelic grounds is doesn't really rock your boat whereas in Ennis they're packed out I, I agree it'll be better I think Kerry going to win no matter where this game is played but uh, I just think it's a spectacle with my Todd Bowley hat on I think it would be better yeah I don't think it's going to happen though. I do think it's going to be a limit I think it was 17, James, that the Clare gave you a bit of a rattle for a bit of the game in Munster. Yeah, Dunica, um, the ref was very giddy with the cards and Dunica got a second. Yellow, again, was it? A second. Yellow. <laughs> he got second in the first half. So we were against, and we were down at halftime. Yeah. We were very, very difficult, difficult game. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's it's not easy to come out of there, but I agree it would be a better spectacle, better game, better venue in Ennis. Okay. It would be better for everyone, but... Have it organised beforehand. Don't just sit willy nilly pick it. It's a, TB, some of these venues are TBCs anyway. Like, but just but you like, can't TBC a home venue. Look, at, you know Jack O'Connor better than any of us. What's Jack O'Connor going to want? Is he going to want Kerry to be in the Gaelic grounds, or is he going to want to go into the Cauldron and Ennis? He's going to want Kerry to win. Yeah, he won't give. He he's won't not. Give he's not going to give in to Ennis. Jack doesn't care. Yeah, Jack doesn't care. Anyway, we might come back to Kerry Limerick a little later. That that was a very 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 cagey game. Very cagey game. It was a penalty shootout last year that decided it. But in the last 15 minutes, quality just exploded. And this has kind of been a pattern that's followed games over the last while. We saw it in the Roscommon Galway game, Paddy, at the weekend. Very slow first half in ways. There was only 29 phases to play. I think there was nearly 50 in the second half. Teams are holding on to the ball. They're trying to slow it down. And Galway completely controlled that first half against Roscommon. It probably should have been further ahead. 
Yeah. Um, it is a thing because that's just the way a lot of teams are setting up and they're, they're dropping bodies back. And we've seen this in a couple of games over the weekend, the Cavan Armagh game, uh, up in Newry yesterday with um, Donegal against Down. And Galway, I loved what Galway did yesterday. I loved it. They kept the ball. They get two. They get a score. Carl Sweeney gets a fist a point after 20 minutes. Mm. And they were the only team to do this effectively over the weekend. Where they keep the ball for over two minutes. Damian Comer gets one as well later on in the half. They keep the ball for two or three minutes at a time. And they work a shot. And it's horrible to watch. If you're with my top bowling hat on again, it's not a great spectacle when a team does that. It's definitely not great for the opposition because they can't they're playing on, on the opponent's terms. And this is what Roscommon did so effectively against Mayo. But Galway brought that yesterday. But Galway had the finished product that they'd work a really good shot. We've seen Cavan have an absolute howler playing against Armagh's set defence and Cavan kicked 16 whites. Did and you see the graph from all over the shot. Yeah, you saw the graph. Yeah, yeah, horrendous. And you could see it at the time. It was just bad, bad execution because they were afraid. It was like the Cavan lads had the ball for 60 seconds. And like, that's too long. We have to get a shot. And we've seen it big time with Donegal yesterday as well in Pork Essler against, against Down. Oh, so many first shots. Kieran Thompson, uh, Michael Langham before he goes off injured. And it's it's all right to keep the ball for a couple of minutes. Mm. You have to keep the ball in order to be really, really patient to break teams down. Mayo couldn't do it and didn't do it in Casabar against Roscommon the week before. But Galway yesterday, it just shows a team who are really well coached but they're all on the same wavelength. There's one time in the first half, I think it was Peter Cook has a Hail Mary and Paul Conroy absolutely eats him out of it. And I was like, that is a team who knows exactly what they need to do. So it's it's not great to watch. I agree, T. But um, but can I just make but it point? was very good from Galway in controlling the game. I watched Limerick and Clare do that for a lot of that game. It, was, it wasn't good to watch. Roscommon wasn't weren't as good to watch it doing it until it was common unleashed in the second half. Galway were actually good to watch doing it. It was interesting to watch how yeah. fast Galway were moving it. And they keep finding John Daly and Sean Kelly at the top of that, top of the kind of 45, top of the day. Yeah, that would keep, be planned. And Shane Walsh. Yeah. Keep finding their boys like that. Now, Shane Walsh is quite a quiet game. Brian Stack did a really good job on Shane Walsh. Yeah, he was excellent. But like, what was really interesting for me in this game was the manner, the options now that Galway have. Ian Burke maybe didn't stand out as much as Damien Comer, but the man got his paws on so much ball. And Comer, lads, was a man on fire yesterday. It was very, very, very interesting to watch. But Ian Burke, Tom, Ian Burke is the most selfless inside forward I've ever seen play. Like, all he wants to do... (laughs) Your second, Petty. All he wants to do is get it, slip it, move, create space for other people. I think he is such a clever player. Friend of the pod, of course, he did a gig for us up in, up in Dublin last year. But he, I just think his movement, his handling, his, his pass selection is always excellent. I think the shot he took at the post yesterday when he, he missed it late on, his shooting probably is the one thing that stops him from being probably top, top, top quality. But He's like, his brain is up there. But, but is, yeah. is that so important, Jimmy, his style of play against defences like that? You need nuance. Yeah. You need creativity. And that was the... And I mean, my touch on the, the Donegal performance yesterday, like down was a really, really set defence. And Donegal just had no nuance. It was yeah. like around the arc, back and forth for 60 seconds. And then it was like a hot potato then. Someone was taking a shot from 45 yards out. You need some someone to find the gaps. Someone who's really sharp... And that's what 
that's what Ian Burke, he compliments Comer and Walsh really, really well. And, and he fair, wants to compliment them. Touch and go between himself and Finnerty, isn't it? Like, but yeah, in I a game what? like that, he suits better than Finnerty. It's probably going to be horses for courses for Joyce. And it, you can see the same yeah. with, with even with the goalkeeper. Like uh, Bernie Power went long with a lot of kickouts yesterday. Galway went long. It was very obvious. I'm not sure how well that went for them. Gleason, he was forced long though, Tommy. He, he definitely was. But Gleason, Gleason yeah. going short, he can go short off both feet. I think he's mm. a bit underrated in that regard of his of his goalkeeping. So he probably has options there. Now he in must the middle been injured, of her, was he? Was Gleason injured yesterday, Tom? No, I don't think so. No, he was talking about a tactical change. That's surprising though. Yeah. And Burke yeah. was obviously a tactical change too. Finnerty came on and Walsh went to eleven. So I don't know whether we could possibly see it in some games this year. They do have a lot of options there. Yeah, there's there is Finnerty can pull the trigger late in games when they're when they need a point or two. Like in the All Ireland final last year, they went a long patch there without scoring. Shane Walsh got tired, obviously, after an unbelievable game. Comer was kind of out of it. And Finnerty came off and and Conroy came off. But if they have a kicker to come in late in games, I think like to get those one or two scores. But with Burke, what I always think, when you're thinking about kicking the ball as a team, a harder skill than than kicking the ball is receiving the ball. Like there's more to it. There's your run, there's catching eyes with the the fella kicking it, there's where your man is, where the space is, your handling. Like there's a lot to it. And Burke can just get free so easily. Just finds himself in space. His man is never up his arse either. It's always separation. He's brilliant at that. And he always dishes it to, to Walsh and Comer. I think the boys would love playing with him. Definitely Walsh, because if Walsh comes off the shoulder, he'll get shots off. He's very elusive. Like that's and that's if you if a team has twelve or thirteen bodies back inside their forty five, you need a player like that. I agree with Jimmy. I think he's a perfect foil. And he, selfless is the perfect word for him. Like I said, the shooting, I think that'll come. Like, like I know that shot. I'd say if he took that ninety more times, he'd score it. Um, yeah, he's tired. But if he brings that into his game, and that, that look, that's Galway. What I seen from yesterday, and even through the league, even like they're poor enough against against Mayo. Galway look like they've improved again on last season. Yeah, they, they are do. trending the right direction. Sean Kelly is some bit of stuff, boys, isn't he? Like, Savage. like we didn't even see the best player. From the leader. Yeah, but Thurman Martel shot the lights out for the Rossies against yeah. Mayo and, and Kelly just goes to town on him. He gets a brilliant block on Enda Smith. Enda Smith goes in full forward as a yeah. chance when the Rossies are going for a goal later on. It's Sean Kelly getting a block. But Dylan McHugh, Carl Sweeney, like they've lost obviously Malloy from, from last year and Silk. But those players that were there, they seem to have moved to another level again. Mm-hmm. And they've got a bit more depth as well. But they'd be worried about that third quarter definitely because they, they lost control of that and the Rossies got hot but I thought overall they controlled that game really really well and they just seem like they're building experience to win these type of games and a little bit of depth lads they are going to be not that we didn't know already but they are going to be right in the mix come yeah. what business end the championship defensively for Galway I think they were kind of holding their, their five and seven wing backs kind of central so they were stopping any any kind of wave of attacks and, and ball being kicked in. But they left Kieran Murta free. And yeah, he had a good day. We, like we were saying about half forward lines and getting shots off. You'd expect maybe two or three. I think he got one six. He did, yeah. From Could've 10. One three from play, yeah. And a couple of one as well. Yeah, like the, that's the one thing maybe that I'd be a bit concerned about for goal or maybe something to work on. That if a half forward like that is that creative, someone's going to have to push out and be a midfielder. Maybe McDade might be a great option to do that for midfield. 
but someone had to get tight in him and they never did. The other thing... But, but you know what, Jimmy? But if you look before the game, right, you'd have said Enda Smith and Dermot Murta, standout players, and Galway completely nullified them. Enda Smith comes yeah. into a little bit in the second half, but what John Marr, who I think has been a big find for them, he's yes. not the most... Um, <laughs> He's not the silkiest player, but he's very effective. He even gets two points yesterday, but they take Enda Smith out of the game completely. And Dermot Murta is like, Sean Kelly, go and, go and take him out. So, so they have the ability to go and do that. In-game, yeah, I agree, because like the Rossies were 1-3 without reply. They get, get their noses in front in that third quarter. It's more in-game. They need to stamp that out. Because again, if you do that against the Carrier or Dublin, the game could be gone from you. Mm-hmm. And, and to be fair, they get a bit lucky with the shot back off the post and Comer's goal and then they, they kind of control the game the whole way home but I think they have the tools to shut players out as well but definitely that it's, it's a good place for Joyce to be in I think that they've won that game and they've loads to work on they'll focus all over that third quarter and I think their own kick out you were saying they're going long T I think Ross Common were really well set to force them long and they'd loads of bodies around the middle so yeah, yeah. They, they went I, long. I, think, I think that the, sorry, Tom. Just one more thing. Do, do, they, do you know they have, as you said, the way Conroy balled um, Peter Cook, Peter Cook out of it. Yeah, I think the Shane Walsh is is operating on a level that he, he's not being balled out of it in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he did that cross field yeah. pass in yeah. the second half. He's done that before <laughs> he his and said <laughs> like that. That's a risky move. If you add that to a couple of things he's done, I think. Do you know, someone like Conroy needs to get a hold of him and say, you're so important to us here. Do you know, cut those little things out and we'll take us on to a new level. He's been like that, Jimmy, for years, hasn't he? Can, like, I, can I make a point just... on that, though? Because, like, Walsh is clearly, maybe he's frustrated. He took a couple of pot shots. That crossfield ball is crazy. But he does lay on a brilliant, a brilliant hand pass at one stage where he drags two men towards him and puts them into the space. And it's a key score for Galway. If you look at the Clare game, Keelan Sexton kicks a couple of points again that he had no right to kick way outside the scoring zone, but he was on it and he did it. Sometimes don't a team need a player that can just do that? Do you not just have to live with that sometimes if there's a fella like a Shane Walsh? That's what I mean. We had it with Connolly. Like we, we had it with Connolly and you're trying to talk to him and it's like he's doing his own thing and that's you have to take that as a team that the pros outweigh the cons. But Shane Walsh is not, he's not 20 like you know what I mean? He's been around a long time. I remember, was it three years ago when they were relegated against Monaghan and Clonus? We had this conversation around Shane Walsh kind of just switching off. It's like it's nearly, it comes too easy to him at times. Um, and if he hasn't changed that aspect of his game now, I think it's very difficult that he would. But I, I, look, I think he had a great battle with Brian Stack yesterday and Stack did a brilliant job again. He's having a really, really good season. But I, do, I think Walsh, like he a load of possessions. He when Galway are coming out and they're fa- they're coming around the arc, having himself and Kelly and Conroy, your best players on the ball. That's set. There's a reason there at the top. That is not happening just by chance. Um, and the couple of shots he misses yesterday, they're the ones he nails in the All Ireland final last. Week. He yeah. has that in the locker. Like when Peter Cook has his hail mary, you're thinking, you can see why he's being questioned over that, but. Walsh has the capabilities and there's days where he's going to he'll have those shots like an All-Ireland final he's going to nail every one of them so I think you're going to get that little bit of inconsistency in his game and that's where it's so important to have Comer and Conroy the really really solid players who are exceptional players in their own right but Walsh is mercurial as we would say it is. <laughs> and you have to take that James would I you not have been given those... a bit more would you not have been given a bit more leeway to take no, shots and take efforts on. Definitely not with, no? with with your your players. Not a hope. Less because they probably know that you could you could do anything. 
in, in, in your head, you're thinking this fella could could swing it over his shoulder, ridiculous shot. You know, as fellow players, you almost have to lean on, as you said, the mercurial players a bit more, I think. Because if you leave them completely to their own devices, their decision making can be a little bit off in the hot moments. That's why just be concerned of a little bit. The fellow with the cool heads need to call the shots as much as possible, especially late in games. Okay. And you have to be able to give anybody it between the eyes and tell them exactly how it is. Like kick and freeze, maybe with your strong leg all the time is non-negotiable from now yeah, on. Or yeah, yeah. crossfield balls in games are non-negotiable now. Like you have to be able to say to these fellas, no matter how good they are, they might have all the skills in the world, but their decision-making late in games might be the thing. But that's, that's I'd say that I have no doubt there those conversations are happening and have happened with him in the past. It's the mercury of the lads, it's whether it sinks in or not. <laughs> that's the that's the challenge. I've no doubt Paul Joyce would have had these conversations with Shane Walsh. And I'm pretty sure Paul Connery would have given them like those crossfield yeah. passes. My God, if that was in just an example back on our team, there would be War in the dressing room over that. It would be because it can it can cost you, and they've kind of gotten away with it. But Galway, Galway are absolute bullseye on winning the All Ireland this year. And if they were to lose against the Dublin or a Kerry or someone in, in Crow Park later in the year for just being sloppy, they would not forgive themselves. They wouldn't forgive. It's all right if you're you're beaten by a better team or you just run out of puff, whatever it might be. Last year's All Ireland final, Kerry just have that bit more experience. Galway have ticked a lot of those boxes over the last two years. And for them to lose it by just being sloppy, that would be, or there'd be blood in the streets yeah. if that was the case. You definitely got the sense afterwards. Joyce uh, took his time to chat after the game. I'd say it was 45 minutes. Uh, he had a shower. I think he cooled down a bit. He spoke to the lads in the dressing room and then he came out to talk to the press. I don't know if this is a new thing or if certain managers do that to kind of cool down a bit beforehand. But like Joyce, you got the sense uh, wasn't taking that for granted. He wasn't too happy that Connor Carroll, you could see him in the first half, was getting all of his short kickouts away down the middle. So that was something that didn't really work for them. You mentioned their long kickouts. That was good really from the Rossies, though. Very good from the Rossies. I thought the Rossies on both kickouts were very, very good. How they were shutting down Galway. Galway went into a spine in the middle of the pitch and the Rossies kind of had an arc around them knowing it was just homework, it was preparation. And on their own kickout as well, Galway were trying to play zonal on it and the Rossies were flooding back and getting guys in between the gaps. It was really smart play by them. And to be fair to Conor Carroll, I think he did, he did another excellent game uh, on, on his kickouts. But Galway, were, that was comment. an area that they'll definitely look at. Just another comment. Uh, Enda Smith had a tough day for a good bit of that game until he pushed forward, further inside. Maher wasn't comfortable following him in around the half-forward line or the full-back line. Why didn't Roscommon push Enda Smith in and change that a lot earlier? I'm trying to get him into the game team. When they did, Galway adapted. That was a plus for them, like putting the likes of Sean Kelly in. And it was just, it, it's ex- nearly exact opposite of what they did to Mayo and Casabar two weeks before. Mm. Galway were so well prepped for that game. It was like, we're not playing it on Ross Common's terms. We know what they're going to try and do. We're actually going to control this game. We're going to keep the ball. And like Mayo kind of played in the Ross Common's hands. They were so frantic and it allowed Ross Common to get on the ball. And that allowed Ennis Smith to be in the game. We touched on it. If a game is going away from you, your work rate can nearly keep you in it. But it's even hard for that to work if the, if the opponent is keeping the ball for 75% of the play. And like I say, it's not great to watch as a spectacle, but in terms of tactics, you need players who are comfortable on the ball to execute it, but you need total clarity that of the 15 players on the pitch. They know exactly what their role is. 
And you could see that with Galway. And that's the contrast to some of the other teams yeah. when they're playing against this type of defence. They're not all on the same page. And it's, that's where you start getting bad execution, bad decisions. And it allows the other team into it. Whereas with Galway, it was such a mature performance from them. They knew the threat of Emma Smith that no matter where he played on the pitch, his possession count was just going to be so, so low because Galway were keeping the ball. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Okay. So Galway now go on to play Sligo in the Connacht final on Sunday, May 7th. So Sligo bet New York 216 to six points. New York go on to the preliminary round of the Tatching Cup. So we won't see New York for a couple of weeks. We mentioned Kerry beating Tipperary by 20 points, 25 to five. The spread in that game was 18 points. So kind of went as expected. James, you did say that would be the most interesting game of the weekend, Jimmy, last week. <laughs> Closely followed by the dubs. Was, there anything, was, there, anything was no? there anything interesting? Was there anything interesting in Killarney? Um, the programs <laughs> were four euro. I thought that was expensive. Um, that, was that, was, <laughs> that was the main talking point. That was the main talking point uh, at halftime and post game was the the price of the program. No, it was <laughs> it was uh, it was tough game to watch. Now I must say, uh, nothing really to be taken from it um, from Kerry. Although they got Stephen O'Brien in off the bench, they got. Uh, Brian Begley in off the bench and they got time into Rory Murphy so they kind of got some some time into those fellas but Tip knew they were they were in for hiding they were I mean they brought the keeper up it was it was 4-1 after about 15 minutes and they brought the keeper up to halfway to take a shot at the posts just to waste 30 seconds <laughs> he dropped a 25 metre short that is spectacular shit I respect that I have to say and Checking oh, the wins. It was, it was tough. It was tough watching, but no, it's look. It, it was always kind of going to go that way, really, wasn't it? So yeah. not really to be said about it. What the tip do with David Clifford? He only scored two frees. Shane O'Connell marked him. Did they have two or three men on him the whole time? Ten of them on. Um, I suppose they had bodies back. All right, Kerry kind of had to work their scores, but the scores were were not hard to to manufacture from outside. So I think that once they knew where they were clipping scores from. They weren't yeah. kind of pushing the ball into Clifford too heavily, and he had he had a couple of shots just tailed off. All right, his kicking was a bit off, but mm. we were getting the scores easy elsewhere. Okay, we might be talking to David Clifford at some stage, so we'll see about that. Uh, Kerry go on to play Clare in the Munster final. Uh, yeah, we mentioned, uh, hopefully, we mentioned uh, Clare's three point win against Limerick. That game uh, looked like at one stage that Limerick were going to run away with it. Um, not run away with it. it. Looked like they were going to edge it. And Clare kind of took over in the last 10 minutes. A couple of big moments, big block, a couple of big points going down the stretch. So Clare into their first final since 2012. And they'll be taking on Kerry. So that, the Munster and Connor finals on the same day, Sunday, May the 7th. Armagh on Saturday, Beck Cavan. Paddy, we might talk about that after the break. 114 to 12 points. They go on to play down in the Ulster semi-final this weekend coming. So Armagh down is going to be this Sunday. And Monaghan Derry is on Saturday. So down bet Donegal on Sunday by 2.13 to 1.11. We'll be talking about that in a couple of moments. We've been speaking about Roscommon's four-point defeat to Galway. And in Leinster, a couple of big results. We mentioned Loud Westmead might be one of the games of the weekend. Loud were eight points down at halftime. Uh, I couldn't Mickey believe Hart, it. Mickey Hart said they were just playing for pride in a second. Westmead were full value for it. Westmead should have been further ahead. Yeah, I couldn't believe Loud, that turnaround. It was nearly like what Westmead did to Mead a couple of years ago in Crow Park. Mead were nine yeah. points up in the Leinster semi-final and Westmead came back and bet them in a dramatic game. But just that loud team are just getting better and better and they are full value. Um, but how, lads, what's it say about Westmead like? Like the kind of alarm bells were ringing that 
they didn't get out of Division 3. And we've seen Fermanagh against Derry the week before. Like Westmead are a better team than Fermanagh. But they lost a couple of these games that you're thinking, how have they managed to lose that? Without a doubt, they, Division 3 winning that and getting promoted to Division 2 was on their radar. So, okay, that didn't go well. And you're expecting then, right, to regroup and be ready for the championship. And it looked like that. To be eight points up against a very defensive, loud setup. The challenge Mickey Hart's team presents mm-hmm. Westmead were very comfortable that we know they've got quality players and just expect to cut all the games. Game. Yeah, but to, to lose that, that is that's underperformance from Westmead. There's no other way to describe it that their season, a bad league, and now to lose that that uh, Leinster Championship game yesterday, that is a big surprise. We're a team we, we rated highly after a year last year winning the Talta Cup but mm-hmm. that is a massive disappointment for them Do you know what it was a bit similar to even from the Galway Roscommon game they were well up at half time and Roscommon came back into it second half just like Lode came back into it but Galway had the tools to take the sting out of the game yeah. and to, to work a score like you said Paddy kind of play cute do the right thing it was like Westmead didn't have the have the tools in the locker to be able to yeah. just kill that game as, as Lode were getting chance after chance after chance, you know, just to take the sting out of it. Because it, from looking at the at the game, Lode looked very well conditioned. Like they look, yeah. they look oh, they are very fit. strong they are, fit. Yeah. And they have a clear game plan. Like They're not going to be easily beaten. No. So still a great win for Lode, though, to be fair, after being 8-0. Yeah, but doesn't it touch, lads? We've seen it over every weekend of the championships. Are momentum. You lose momentum. You can't wrestle it back. If you don't have the experience or the, the wherewithal or the in-game management to try and just wrestle back control, it's gone. It can go away from you like that. Yeah. It's, every every weekend, we've seen it with Toronto the week before, obviously with Westmead yesterday, Galway, like I said, they do, they have that experience, they can get it back because the Rossies for 10 minutes are like, this is phenomenal stuff, champagne football. <laughs> but for Westmead, clearly to, to be in that position, it's so dominant uh, and to go away and, and Losing the second half, that's massive disappointment. But fair play to, to Loud, and they're going to fancy their chances of a Leinster final 100%. because who are they playing, T? In the semis uh, next week? Loud are playing Offaly. Offaly have Offaly. banished, banished Mead to the Talchon Cup where they deserve to be. Uh, Offaly won 11, Mead 10 points. Mead kicked just two points in the first half. So, what is If Offaly beat Loud and Dublin beat Kildare, which realistically will happen. Then Kildare or Gonzo? So Kildare and Cork are the two teams in bother if Offaly and yeah. Down both win and get to provincial finals. So yeah. at the moment... Um, but Kildare are first to go. Kildare, if Kildare lose to Dublin... Yeah. And Offaly beat Lode, then Kildare are gone. And if or, Down, or if if Down, Down beat, beat Armagh... And yeah. Offaly beat Lode, Cork yes. is gone too. Down, uh, I don't... Uh, it's a brilliant one for Offaly, but I'd be surprised if they, if they get over Lode. Um, but... Yeah. For 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 made, like I say, two points. They scored ten points in total. We felt that this was a big banana skin potentially. They just have not been playing well. All the pluses that they had at the start of the season, where they win those first couple of national league games, was attack and play, kicking the ball, goals, creating goal chances. We knew they were suspect at the back. Their organisation, you felt, was kind of questionable, and their goals were getting them out of jail they have dried up well and truly and we said it last week Jimmy you were pretty pretty heavy on it if they lost the game that would be a, a complete disaster for them and it is it really really is that they've somehow managed to hang on in their Division 2 status but that was mm-hmm. trending only one way and that performance yesterday they only scored 10 points and if you look 
beaten by the far better team and awfully that is. It's tough going for the Royals, Tommy. There's no other way to dress that up, I'm afraid. There really is. They'll have to win the Talton to, to salver in. They are not going to win the Talton like, Cup. They're not. Well, I'll go on record and say that now. Yeah. They have got yeah, no, no chance. Like, no chance. And I would agree with you on that, Paddy. They aren't going to win the Talton Cup because no. I, I felt so sorry looking at Donald Kyogen and maybe, you know, Achillian O'Sullivan who have gone through their me careers and have given everything and they just keep getting days like this. And that felt like in a deer uh, yesterday. Four lads made their debuts. Three or four fellas probably have only played three times for me before. It, I, it just, you talk about Westmead having the tools to be able to resist that loud fight mm. back in the second half. It felt like that Mead team just don't have the tools at the moment to hold off the external pressure and possibly adapt to whatever pressure has been put on them on the field. Because well, to be, be fair, Tommy, in some, some semblance of defence for, for Colin O'Rourke and the management team of Mead, this was, this is a long-term project. Mead were starting from a very, very low base. The challenge... <laughs> is how quickly you can implement this change. And, and you, you, don't, you learn how to control games. You learn from experience. That, that there's no shortcut to that. We've seen Galway, they were disappointed losing last year's All-Ireland Final, a couple of previous years where they weren't performing, but they're learning along that journey. You need some, you need to hit some sort of markers along the way to, to keep the faith with it, to keep going, right, I believe what our work is doing. Okay, that's a setback, but there's some positivity there somewhere. You look at what Conor Laverty's done and down. That's the thing. Like that win yesterday, even if they don't, and even though they didn't get promoted, there was performances that the down players can look and say, okay, I believe in this guy. He's got credibility there. And their win yesterday against Donegal gives them that. Even if they don't go on and beat our man and they're in the Celtic Cup, there's still so much positive things to take, to hang their hat on and say, okay, there's progress. Now we're ready to, to give even more to Conor Laverty. Mead have not got that. They were no. never going to be Leinster champions. They were trying to get promoted to Division 1, was not really on their radar. But what their level of success was, was pretty low and they haven't achieved that. So it, it leaves They're the easy atmosphere. to beat. They're easy to beat. They're easy to beat. To be the first to thing play to... against. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a big ass to try and turn that around. Like, where do they go from there? They, they would have expected to beat off you. I think the way the side of the draw, maybe getting to a Leinster final, I'm sure it would have been a target for them, but they have I, fallen way, way short of that. Like when you say they would have expected to beat Offaly, I'm not sure how much. Oh, I, 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 I wouldn't have been sure of it, but I think they would have been in the in the but camp. Like, they would the have camp. been targeting to beat Offaly, and if well, they the, weren't, Tommy, well, that's a problem in the first. Well, the, well, that's the problem. The word that the camp hasn't been happy over the last couple of weeks, and they've been struggling with injuries to keep players. There been <laughs> players dropped. They wouldn't want to be happy. There's been like <laughs> Anthony Moyes spoke about it this morning. Uh, Owen Harkin started the game against Kildare the, a must win game final league game of the year he's dropped and two players who didn't play any minutes in the league are starting the first championship game three weeks later so it, it's it's just very messy at the minute in Mead and I think the thing is Tom is we might leave it at like, that with those teams <laughs> go on Jimmy go on those, no I'm not going to throw the boot in anymore but with those One level teams time. with those level teams three group games in the All-Ireland series would bring you on so much in a development phase. Like you could hear Colin Collins talk about it with Claire, that their development, they needed to be playing top teams in that group rather than playing Talton and not improving. I actually don't think me need that this year. 
I think if Mead were in the All Ireland series, they would be ripped asunder this year because but all learn, the evidence. They, but, uh, but no, all the yeah. evidence we've seen. Because I, I'll put it to you this way. They're not good enough. Put it to you this way, right? And it's the last thing I'm saying about Mead. Between August, or July 2019, when Mead were in their Super 8s and their Division 1 campaign the following year, they played 10 Division 1 sides. They didn't win a single one of those games. But I would argue with anyone that they were competitive in nearly all of them. I think they lost some games by a point, four points, three points. They were competitive in those 10 games. Those 10 games against Division 1 oppositions were more games against Division 1 opposition than Mead had played in the previous decade. Right? They could compete in those games. This Mead team cannot compete against Division 1 opposition. They are not able to. They're not ready for it. There's no format there. There's no structure to their setup. The players aren't good enough. So it's actually a good thing for the future of Mead football that they're in the Halton Cup this year. This year. Because it it was going to be so bad if they got into the round robin. It was going to be that. I knew you put a positive spin on it, Tommy. Only yeah. you could put a positive spin on the Royals getting knocked out by Athlete in the next that, but that you, I, I, I agree with you. That wasn't I'm positive. Watch that's not, been, that's not what you said offline off there 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to look. He's rattled. Look at the, the look at Chuckle Brothers. In the other quarterfinal... Wakelow had reduced the gap against Kildare to three points with 10 minutes to go. Kildare pulled away later on. Dara Kerwin looked like he had a cracking game and Paddy Woodgate got his first goal for Kildare on his first championship start. So Kildare won that game by 10 points. They go on to face the Dubs who racked up 4.30 against Leash. Leash kicked 2-9 in the end. 4.30. The scary thing about the Dubs, I think the bench was Howard, Scully, Rock, um, I have to get the other two, but it was a fairly awesome bench that came in. Jack McCaffrey started, Paul Mannion started, uh, Conor Callahan kicked one five. Kilkenny scored a goal. Colin Baskell ran the show, Paddy from eleven. Did you watch this game, or did you? Did you? No, God, no. You took the eyes off it. You had no interest. I'm, in I'm doing both the, the Leinster semi-finals this weekend. Okay. So obviously, I've watched a lot of Dublin, and and it's seen the reaction to this uh, from a wider angle. The this is the issue with the provincial championships. Mm. I think Munster and Leinster, there are going to be these type of games where they're a bit of a disaster and that's why the structure's changed. So we've kept the provincial championships just for, for the legacy of it, but the All-Ireland series is, is the ultimate. So I think that's a good thing from GAA and I've seen a lot of people giving out about the provincial championships. We've had some brilliant games. We have. We had, what's happened in Connacht, the Ulster championship as well. Like you look at Westmead and Lowe yesterday, there are brilliant games in it, but there are going to be these mis- mismatches and that's why the system changed. So you kind of just have to grin and bear it. Um, and that's, you, you could see, despite Jimmy trying to big up uh, Tip and <laughs> Tip and Kerry <laughs> last week, we knew these games were going to be an absolute disaster from a spectacle point of view and they were. For Dublin, specifically, the last couple of years, they haven't won Leinster Championship games like this. They've won the Leinster Championship. They're kind of stuttering through. Yesterday, racking up that score like that, the bit of depth that you've you've outlined there in the squad, it's like a throwback to our team three or four years ago. We were, we were putting up big scores. It shows a team that's just a little bit slicker and there's confidence in them now. We knew they'd get that uh, after the kind of second half demolition of Derry. Um, so a box ticked for Dublin. They move on. They play Kildare on Sunday in Crow Park. Um, the big thing for them is just to get through this window with no injuries to key players um, and be primed for the All-Ireland series in next month yeah. but there's not so a whole point else for them to take from that we're going to look see, at the two semi-finals uh, after the break James go on no did you see Paul Gavin had a tweet up he just put um, I'm just looking at it here 
he said he, he watched two games the weekend, a Dublin club match, a Dublin county match, but he he put up an AVB lineup from Dublin, and he reckons they're the they're the strongest squad in the country. But like they are, every name is familiar, and every name is is clearly quality. But it's mad, like that. How how do they kind of stutter through the league when they have this quality? Like what? Paddy, do you have any idea what their training schedule was, or like it's just like, like Jimmy? You can literally see thirty so familiar names. Like if you have to name yeah. any other county from from player twenty one down, yeah, you would never have heard of them. You can you you'd know forty fellas here, no problem. Like <laughs> it's it's just like the team's been on the road a long time, and the National League they were going to get promoted from Division Two no matter what. Realistically, they didn't have to come in there all guns blazing from the get-go like say Davy Burke with the Rossies in Division 1 so their their timing was building towards Championship there's a lot of guys there have a lot of miles on the clock that's why they're so familiar so you're going to pick up knocks and niggles and things like that throughout the league the key thing and I said this and no shit we here uh, I, I think if Dublin have their best 15 players on the pitch come Championship I think they'll win the All-Ireland I said that from day one the big challenge and not just Dublin, I think for a lot of the top teams, if there's one or two key injuries, then it's it's wide open. But if they have their best 15 and there's no injuries to those guys, I think they're a team to beat. That's And that's not, honest to God, my opinion on it, but we've seen it last year. They missed Conor Callahan against Kerry. What a massive difference that makes. Um, but yesterday was a positive thing, and that's what I mean. The next three or four weeks, no disrespect to Kildare or or Louder Offaly on the other side, the Leinster Championship is about getting through the next three or four weeks, no injuries. You can see the build, the fitness building and the sharpness. And that's That was the key thing you took from yesterday. Not against great opposition, obviously, but the rack up 4.30, it shows their patterns of play, their their skill execution is really good and it's getting back to what it is. So, um, But but you're right, Jimmy. The only, yeah. they're, they're timing it. The only, think, the only area that they don't have household names <laughs> is the full back line. Yeah, he's uh, always he, after that full back line, Jimmy. He's been after that full back line for 15 years. Like. <laughs> no, they had Cooper, Philly, Fitzsimons <laughs> when he was in his pump. But Philly's everywhere still else, for a text and tied up with the BBC. <laughs> everywhere else, they're loaded. But like, you can't build a house on, on <laughs> that foundation. So like, you've gone from 60 seconds ago saying they're unbeatable to now you're back. No, I didn't. There. I never said that. Jack O'Connor just likes you there. I know because I tweeted back to Paul. I was like, I was like, they're all unbelievably recognizable names, but I wonder, <laughs> in terms of the top top quality that G had, I don't think that they're there yet. He's always on about how they're building, building, Who building, building and a, yeah, and a massive panel, a massive squad. But it's like a Kerry forum you lads have on Twitter or something, is it? Was got Mark, all, Mark O'Shea was saying at the weekend as well. He's like, oh, the dubs, it's all on the dubs. <laughs> in fairness, Paul lives above. He's above in Dublin watching the games, but. Mm. No, it's just interesting because they have so many, so many household names. But you just wonder: have they got to that top quality level? Time will There'll be plenty of time to talk about that, and I think we could do some comparisons on the Galway depth and the Kerry depth as well, and uh, see who has the best A versus B teams. We might do that during the week. You are listening to episode fifteen of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. We're actually going to have a bonus episode later this week, so I think what? we'll keep the identity of our guest, our special guest, a secret. And we'll uh, we'll let you know maybe on Wednesday. So keep an eye out in the Football Pod feed for that. Make sure you're subscribed. You probably are if you're listening, so just make sure you're subscribed. 
We're going to be back right after the break with a special announcement. A lot of news here in the football pod of our special guest in Killarney at our live show on Thursday, May the 4th. Oh. Stay tuned. We're back after this. You are very welcome back to episode 15 of the Football Pod with Paddy Anders and James O'Donoghue. Can I get a drum roll, please? We'll take the Led Zeppelin music in the background. Hmm. Special guest in Killarney, former teammate of James, former of Paddy Andrews, and also a colleague on the old Diego, Mark O'Shea, is joining us oh. as our special guest at our live. Can't do a gig in Kerry without one of the O'Shea's Southern Hotel. <laughs> and just to let you know, lads, there is very few tickets left. We're talking in the teens. That's how many tickets yeah. are left uh, this weekend. We're in the Great Southern Hotel. So if anyone is on the fence about going or you want to go just for Mark O'Shea, snap them up right now because they're going to be sold out. And uh, that'll be it. We might run a competition for a pair of tickets on the Football Pod page as well. James, are you excited? I know Paddy was talking to Mark at the weekend. Are you excited to have Mark O'Shea at our room? I am. I am. No, I'm Mark would be brilliant. He's lo- uh, He's just a personality Mark, just loads of great stories now from <laughs> from all the different. He played in a couple of different Kerry teams as well. You know, he had, yeah, he had yeah. a full kind of array of, of the experience of the of the intercounty player from probably coming where the science part of it wasn't the main part to the very end where it was everything. What a be, be interesting to see what he thinks of that. But oh god, I, I said on the pod before going training when I was younger and marking Mark O'Shea was just oh, right. demoralizing. Like you Wasn't go into training, you're not excited. Genuinely, you wouldn't. No, you were inside the first time, and after that, then it's downhill from there. Really, like the he just he just knew where the ball was going all the time to stop you getting it. So, in terms of defending, I reckon the most natural defender I've ever come across. Anyway, and did, top fella, funny man. I can't wait to have him on the show. Did Mark O'Shea ever leave you on your arse with a solo dummy? Because I'd he have had, had to a, go for a block. I'd have had to go for a block to be <laughs> solo dummy. <laughs> He had it in the back pocket. I was shepherding. I, he, yeah, I, no, wouldn't he say, Jimmy, I wouldn't say you were going for diving blocks now, to be fair. <laughs> Paddy, did you ever no, mark I was where? ushering down the wing. Did I? I don't was think you did. No. no. No, I used to take Bruno a lot when we played. Um, and he was kind of coming towards the end um, as I was coming more into, into the team as well. I think his last year, 13 and 14, he played. And was he, he was gone by 15, was he? Or was well, he, he played still 15. there? No, he, he played 15. Yeah. He, he hurt his hamstring actually the, a fortnight before the final against Dublin. I think he got a black card in the semi-final against Tyrone. Yeah. Um, and a black card at that time was you're gone. Just for the game. Yeah. yeah. I think it was you, you were substituted off. So he got a black yeah. card in the semi. I think he pulled his hammer then just before the final. It's, it's funny you say that like, before our team had won back to back, the only team to do with that century was, was that Kerry team in 06, 07. I think he was player of the year in 07 as well. As, as a cornerback, like the three O'Shea's were absolutely incredible, but as a f- just pure skill levels for a quarterback, he was absolutely off the charts. Like we're a Rolls Royce player, like mm. um, and like I said, yeah, you, you can't get down to carry with at least one of the O'Shea's sticking their oar in <laughs> for for a gig, but it, it'd be very very good crack. Um, great to listen to the stories, like as Jimmy said, kind of coming from different generations of GAA. Um, but himself as a player in his own right, off the charts, good. And uh, we had a bit of a laugh now on Saturday covering the games. Uh, he'd be box office. Yeah. The ideal guest for the football pod. Perfect he'll have guest. to crack. He'll load a story. Exactly. And I think the crowd will love it as well. So looking forward to it. We're really looking forward to having him there. And you'll have a great night with us, whoever's going. We had Michael Meehan at our show last year in 
Dublin and we had Keith Higgins and Castle Bar and we had loads of great stories and crack with the lads. So it'll be similar again this Thursday week. So keep an eye as well out on Wednesday or Thursday. I mentioned we'll have a special episode with a big guest this week. So keep an eye out for that. Let's Your look guest. at this weekend's Jeez. semi-finals. Yeah, that's nothing to do with the roadshow, but it, it's a it's going to be an interesting interview. This weekend's semi-finals, there's a quick turnaround for our man down. So we might start with that. We're going to have our Leinster semi-finals and our Ulster semi-finals. We already have our Munster final pairing and our Connacht final pairing. So um, Saturday... Uh, 5 o'clock Healy Park Derry take on Monaghan and Sunday 4pm Armagh take on Down a point about Down's win against Donegal Conor Laverty took over this year he's got them playing a style of football when Down went out with a whimper in the Talchon Cup last year to Cavan one Kilku player started that game Niall Kane in goals throughout the league a couple of them were sprinkled back in to the Down setup. at the weekend six Kilku players started for Down and two came out, two were on the bench. So Laverty has put a stamp on it. It's not all Kilku. He's he's obviously unleashed a couple of others. He also held back Oran Murdoch, one of their most impressive players in the league, to play under 20s championship this week. They're in the Ulster final against Derry. So he more than likely won't be playing at the weekend either. We talked about Armagh a little earlier, uh, Paddy. Would you be worried for Armagh facing a downside that seemed to be finely tuned under Laverty at the minute? Um, I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, like I say, I think Armagh have got a little bit of a bounce from their, their disappointing end to the spring and we've got their key players back, Reid O'Neill, obviously. It was a question, was he going to be back in two weeks? Or was he going to be back in two months for him to get games? Come at the weekend, was positive. Um, I'm intrigued by this game. Down are not going to fear them at all. Um, if you look at Armagh, their performance, the positive things from their win in Cavan on Saturday night, the shape they had up front, they're back to playing a little bit more recognisable what we've seen from them last year in terms of moving the ball really quick and kick passing the ball. The fast transitions are back and I thought they were at their poorest during the league where it was really, really ponderous. But Conor Turbot and Mernon inside, you're crying out for someone to compliment Reno O'Neill with scores and because he's been injured, McGinney's hand has nearly been forced to play these guys but Turbot has hit, I think, eight points against that and from seven points the other night. There's just yeah, an outlet there. Fire. They trust him. They trust them and they're kicking the ball and their transitions are hurting teams and it's back to our man being really, really good. And like you say, to get Reno O'Neill for 20 minutes, he didn't have much of an impact in an attacking sense. Obviously, his incredible goal save um, was his main highlight, but he'll be a lot better. He played in, inside. Um, for, for this he weekend. played inside a lot. Well, he started him full forward with Turbot alongside him. I, I think he'll drift and be the Michael Murphy stuff. He'll be inside and he'll be outside at different times. Particularly, you look at the style down are going to play and we'll touch on down now in a second but I think Armagh I think Armagh will be favourites for this game on the basis that O'Neill is back and they're getting back to playing that kind of exciting brand of football so there was loads of positives for them from, from Saturday Night Cavan just weren't at the races uh, for Down like it's not just the kill cool thing Laverty has a really really set way of playing they conceded all the kickouts against Donegal yesterday got off to a bad start Jason McGee gets a goal mm-hmm. The two or three minutes in and you're thinking they're in a relatively inexperienced team how is that going to impact down but to be fair there is no budging from their game plan they'll give you the kick out it's really attritional they get everybody back they'll try and frustrate the opponents and Donegal did not deal with that well yesterday they were, they were inexperienced themselves but that style of play is hard to play against 
for our mats so they're going to face that challenge and down the one thing they have we're talking about Mickey Hart and Loud they are fit they are well conditioned they get bodies back down the pitch and then they fly up the pitch as well they have a little bit of magic Ryan Johnston Liam Kerr's goal yesterday as well blistering pace just savage pace and that is so valuable in the modern game so they will ask questions they'll ask questions of that Armagh team but their style of play it was really effective yesterday. We're basically saying to Donegal, have the ball. We will let you have it because we don't trust you're going to be able to break us down, particularly without Ryan McHugh or, or McBrearty with long-range shooting. I think that game plan has limitations. We've covered that numerous times in the past. But in terms of progress for Laverty, talk about a team that's bought into a style of play. They're conditioned. They're so well-organised. And they, they fancy their chances against Armagh, but... I think they'll fall short on this game, but you can't say there hasn't been savage progress from where look what a basket case last year. The mm. running joke we had on the podcast of how bad they were last year. So yeah. savage strides made from Connor Laverty. And yesterday was like vindication of what he's done over the last couple of months. Yeah, and they're doing this without Kayla Mooney and a few other key players. So go on, Jeff. I, I think that Laverty as well, he's like a kind of a new style coach. I think he'll he'll approach that game to break Armagh offensively and defensively and if you look at the way he sets up teams he won't let Armagh kick the ball I think that's going to be his oh, main they'll thing they'll have the bodies back yeah yeah. like we know that Armagh want to kick it and are brilliant to watch when they kick it and they have hands and kickers and it's, it's beautiful football and that's exactly what Laverty will love to break down mm. he's going to have them primed to be picking off those balls and counter-attacking him so it's going to be a very interesting game that way I agree. I think that Armagh are well set and they're improving. They've found a bit of confidence. Once one or two forwards catch fire as well, it transforms a team. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm enjoying seeing Armagh, but it's going to be a very interesting game. I think that Laverty will just thrive on kind of picking apart Armagh. I just think he's that kind of manager, which is going to be so interesting to watch. I wonder how much time he's going to have because he's obviously double jobbing this year. He's uh, manager of the Derry in the 20s, the this week, the 20s yeah. as well. And they played Derry on Wednesday night in the Ultra Under 20 final. But you so know what? what we'll see, the turnaround. It's very, very from tough. both teams to our man down, they are really, really well conditioned. Mm-hmm. They, can, they can get up and down the pitch at pace. I agree with, with James in terms of our man will want to try and hit Turbot and Mernon. That's an X factor and have Tavreen O'Neill coming off them as well. That's a real positive for our man. But down their setup yesterday, they get get everyone back. Like, I'm not a big fan of conceding kickouts, but to be fair to them, they, they didn't deviate from that at all. Even when, particularly that first quarter, Donegal looked like they, they had control of the game. They backed themselves and down the stretch, they just blew Donegal away. So, their Did fitness Donegal isn't going to be bad. Donegal put up a show. Well, like I, I, I thought up front, they, they, uh, they had a lot of white. It was an interesting thing. I was watching, obviously, in BBC and, and it was, there wasn't a player in the Donegal panel yesterday over 30 years of age. So they're a really, really young team. They lose Michael Lang in injury to a hamstring injury, but that's actually kind of carrying that going in. But without Murphy, obviously, but Paddy McBrearty, Ryan McHugh, they're, they're Donegal's three best players of the last de- decade are gone. There's all the upheaval off the pitch. So that inexperience probably cost Donegal and they start forcing these shots. And that's what I mean. It was, it was brave from Laverty and Down. They're kind of saying, we actually don't think you're good enough to break us down. So we let you have the ball out there. Yeah. And Donegal, very similar to what Cavan did the night before. They just start launching long-range shots and it wasn't working for them. But I think for, for Donegal, because it's probably the last word we really have on them for a while, they are they are not at the top table anymore. I think that's clear. 
after a kind of decade of competing for, for Ulster Championships in All-Ireland, it's going to be a couple of years before we see Donegal back competing in Division 1, competing to win Ulster Championships. There's just, there's a massive turnover in their squad. And I suppose the challenge for them is, do they stick with it? Is Aidan O'Rourke and Paddy Bradley, are they the men to bring it forward for the next two or three years? Because it is going to be a transitional phase. They're not going to be competing for Ulster titles. I think that was clear from yesterday. You could see that. Whereas down on the other side, they made the call to bring in Laverty at the end of last season. And they're they're nearly like a season ahead of Donegal in terms of their transition. So it can it can turn around quickly, but for Donegal, that was a team going down, and for down, it was a team for down, it was a team coming up. Uh, it was just two teams going different directions yesterday, and it was really, really clear by the end of that game in Port Kessler. Yeah. James, how do you see Armada and goal? Well, it'd be interesting to see what they do with with Reen O'Neill because if they're going to have to pick off shots, if Armagh are going to have to pick off shots from from maybe a bit deeper and maybe not go into the full forward line as often, he's the perfect foil to have out there, you know, dictating play, taking some long-range shots. So it'll be very interesting to see what they do there. Um, can Turba keep up his form? You know, he, I say he's kicked eight, seven, even if he, if he just goes to six. It'd be, it'd be <laughs> a like serious pain of form. How good but, is um, he? How good is he at the weekend? He was really good. He was, he was very good. Park Faulkner was picking him up as well, who was like a big leader for, for Cavan. But he, there was just loads of space. And there was another thing you see in the Division 3, the gap, the intensity. Cavan wanted to try and get bodies back, but our man was just moving it so quickly. And that's the, if you're on the full forward, like Jimmy, we played there, they're getting quick ball. The opposition, the opposition can't get back. And there were so many times our man were looking for a long kick pass and Turbot was getting the ball in space. And I see the, the partnership he had with Mernon, He's he's really sharp. You can just see he's confident as well now. But but Cavan, you don't think he'll get that uh, space though this weekend, James? I, I don't think he will. I, I think Cavan did not deal with uh, well. Whereas I think Laverty will have down space will be a far more of a premium this weekend. But I thought a sharpness and Armagh were playing to his strengths. That was why it was another positive performance from. Yeah, he's very good at kind of working working the space to to pull the trigger. Like that's a massive skill to be able to work your feet and get the shot off. But it's interesting. Say if you're if you're defending a team that are that are going kind of long, you've two options. You can either get in the kicker's face, who's delivering the ball, and get in their eye line and stop them picking the pass, or you can do the low block as they call it in soccer and have everyone kind of back around the full forward line or the full back line. So I I think I think that Down will probably leave Armagh have the ball in a lot of space out the field. And just put the bodies back in in the in the okay. full back line. So I think the, the shots the shots from around maybe 40, 45 yards are going to be on for them for our mass. So that could be the winning of the game if they get their kickers out there instead. Yeah, we're going to go quickly through the other games here. Uh, we get stuck into them, reviewing them next Monday on the football pod. Derry Monaghan in the other semi final feels like we're sleeping on this a little bit because it's so tight from the Armagh down performances at the weekend. What, what, what channel is that on at the weekend? Uh, Diego. All right. I actually don't know. I'm asking you. No, no, no. I, I do think you're correct. I do think it's on G. Are you, are you at it? I will be, yep. Okay, good stuff. I thought you were doing the Lancer semi-finals. They're on Sunday. I'm working doing, my balls off this weekend. Oh, Annie man. But every match. Every match. <laughs> like Marty Morrissey. Showbiz. <laughs> I'll be outside. I'm looking forward to this one. I have to say. Yeah, we'll have to. Uh, give, me, give me a minute on this because we're tight on time. I think I think they're going to win it. I think it was an incredible turnaround from Monaghan against Throne. 
but I would have Derry ahead of the pecking order than this Monaghan team. Um, again, <laughs> I can't wait to see what McManus does against the really set defence. Can he keep going back to the well and doing it? Jack McCarron will be under. He'll have been really disappointed with his performance the last day to come off, off the pitch he, he lost his battle with, with, with Parra Camps he, he has, he'll have something to prove a point to prove for Manhattan but there you're going to be so so well organised we say this about them all the time they'll be going for this Ulster Championship to go back to back again um, I, I just think I think they're a better team than Monaghan even with Monaghan's unbelievable turnaround the match of the, champ, match of the season so far against Tyrone um, I fancy Derry in this one at the weekend be interesting to see um, Chrissy McCaig on McManus, won't it? Yeah, McCaig didn't yeah. look, he didn't, he obviously has had his his, um, his injury problems. He didn't look his sharpest against Fermanagh. He got, he got taken for a couple of chances, even a, a goal mm. chance, a couple of points. So that'll be interesting. McManus will fancy his chances in that battle, but that'll probably be the defining stat. Whoever wins that battle, and if Derry cannot foul and leave McManus, kick Monaghan through the game. I think the yeah. Derry should have enough. They, they'll control the game. They won't. We know what they're going to do. They're not going to break fast. They're going to slow the pace down, attack slowly. <laughs> um, it'd be an interesting game, but it's hard to call it. I mean, Monaghan, Monaghan have high hopes. They'll have a serious renewed vigour about them. I'm kind of falling with you, Paddy. I think the Derry just just seem to have a monopoly in, Most, in Ulster at the moment where they know how to pick teams apart. Yeah. It'll be interesting, but I fancy Derry. I'm starting to... Yeah, flashbacks now to early on. I'm afraid that I said the Monaghan were already third seeds earlier on. Apologies if I said that. I oh, you were already two people off. You threw down under the bus as well. Down under the bus? I've been backing down You did. You had Armagh in the seeds as well, as if they were going to win at the weekend as well. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, I was saying that that... You can edit it later, later on. Though. There are the possibilities. The I'm, not ed- I'm not editing anything. There are the possibilities that can happen this week. So, um, the confirmed third seeds are Mayo, Common, and Tyrone. And one of Armagh and Monaghan are probably what we're going to see in the third seeds. It's, it's decided by league placements. Monaghan last year, Derry had an explosive first half, got two goals, and scored three overall. Monaghan kicked 17 points against Derry. Monaghan pulled it back to three points at one stage last year in the second half. They started very slowly. Are we writing Monaghan off a bit too quickly? I'm not, that's not writing them off. You're asking who do you think is going to win the game? Yeah. It's got to be a really, really close game. Mm. I think, expect big games from Ethan Darty and McGuigan up front. I think Monaghan will find it harder for scores um, against that set defence. I agree. I think McKay would pick up McManus. Like, if you look at Monaghan, they finished the game unbelievably well, obviously. Kind of fairy fairy tale stuff to win against Tyrone. For 40 minutes of that game, Tyrone were absolutely annihilated. You know, and and that's where Tyrone's in ill discipline to to keep Monaghan in the game, hanging in there with McManus kicking freeze. You would think Derry and how they're coached and how they're so minute on these details that they won't fall into that trap again. And that's why I think, I'm not writing them off, Monaghan. I do think it will be close, but I think Derry will, will, I think there's just too much for this in this game. That's that's, that's fair. Okay. It'll be tight though. It'll be a classic. You'll have to tune in. We have a minute. Are we calling the Dublin Loud Leinster final? Is it going to be that straightforward on Sunday in Crow Park? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think Loud Dublin been, will give Loud Kildare a good tipping. I can't see Kildare coming within ten of Dublin. Okay, ten. I think that. Yeah, I was. Ho- I was actually hoping that Kildare would put down a marker against Wicklow and really put them to the sword. But there was there was only a couple of points in that game for a lot of the second half. Mm-hmm. There was yeah. until um, until Woodgate got the goal, and Loud. 
I think that Lode, yeah, Lode looked, their conditioning looks brilliant. They have a bit of confidence. Great, great result in Division 2 up to up to third. I think that they'll be strong favourites against Offaly. I think Offaly will, I think Offaly will struggle to break down that really tight set defence that Lode have. And I think their conditioning will probably get them over the line as well. Brilliant win for Offaly to get over Mead. But Lode will talk about a team really well organised. Everyone knows what they're doing. They're confident. Mead were the exact opposite of that. So as good as a win as it was yesterday for, for Offaly, I, I don't think they're going to have enough to break down this Lode team on Sunday in Crow Park. We definitely didn't give Offaly the credit they deserved a little earlier on. So apologies to all Offaly people that I am from Mead and that we, we kind of focused on, on that one. So we'll, uh, we'll leave that at that. Lads, great to chat this week. We had 10 games to get through. It was hectic. There's four next weekend. There's also three under 20 finals. Sligo won the Connacht Championship last weekend. A brilliant win. What a speech. Unbelievable. Ah, I loved it. Bet all the big dogs. And now we're We need to get that young man on. Get that young man to Killarney. Uh, I enjoyed that speech I have to say and a, Canis a little chuck yeah. I made I made a mistake in my tweet that, no, I yeah. called him Candice but uh, Canis yeah Jesus oh, um, a bit of respect here. Munster under 20 final tonight James is flying off to it Cork against Kerry Leinster under 20 final on Tuesday night Killer against Dublin yeah Ulster under 20 final Wednesday night Derry against Down keep an eye out on the football pod feed for a very special interview that will be dropping later this week we're actually going off to record it now so we're going to go James and Paddy Really enjoyed chatting to you again this week. We'll be back next Monday with the football fight. Cheers, Major. As always. Thanks, everybody at home. A final reminder, we've got 15 tickets left for the football pod live in Killarney in the Great Southern Hotel on Thursday, May the 4th. Go get them before they're gone. Talk soon. Mm-hmm.